welcome to the Voice of Aged Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Badgett-Smith, and in over a decade, I have helped to improve mental well-being of hundreds of older Australians. This podcast offers an authentic insight into well-being in late life, practical tips for those who support our elders, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person has a number of strengths that can be uncovered and promoted to help the older person achieve better mental well-being despite the changes in their health status. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the difference between sadness or depression and how do we know if the older person is experiencing one or the other. Now, the the rule of thumb is um, we all can get sad at times and and sadness is an emotion just like many other emotions that people um, may experience due to whatever they might be going through in their lives. Whereas depression is a mental health condition. And the difference between sadness and depression is really in terms of the persistence of the symptoms. How long has the person been experiencing the symptoms? And for us as psychologists, what we look at is the extent of those symptoms. So how how long have the symptoms been there and how much are they affecting the person and their functioning um, in day-to-day activities in, in the engagement? So what I thought we'd do today is I'll, I'll use a couple of examples to give you um, as well um, in terms of, you know, what what is going on and um, how we can look at through different circumstance and current affairs what, what might, people might be going through. So we know quite um, well that globally by now that in terms of social isolation and, and loneliness and, and COVID and lockdowns, there are so many terms thrown around, you know, we, it, it, it is not um, unusual to expect to know that, okay, um, yes, we've all had lockdowns, we may have experienced social isolation, uh, we may experience loneliness, um, we may feel like, you know, we're going through different life stages, that the quality of friendships might not be there, that it was um, in, in younger years. But when it comes to sadness or depression, there's such a big overlap, you know, well, the person might might be frowning, they might not be smiling, perhaps, you know, they're down in dumps. Um, and, and my first rule, you know, if you're just starting to listen to this episode is, please don't give labels to people. Don't just say, you know, are you depressed today? Um, or, you know, writing notes, oh, yes, they're depressed. Um, unless you actually have qualifications and, and know the person and have assessed them, be, you know, be guided about using labels and, and communicating them to older people. Even for, you know, mental health professionals, it is not uncommon for the older person to to deny that they are depressed, you know. You go, well, you know, you're obviously feeling sadness and, and you feel low and, you you know, you've been crying and you um, don't have much energy and you might feel, you know, um, that your concentration is affected. Um, but they'll still go, no, I'm not depressed. I'm not, I don't feel depressed. So, um, you know, you've got to think about also what is the benefit of having that label and how much is that helping that person as well. 
So through the current affairs that are happening with, um, you know, across Australia, we, we constantly seem to be having issues with floods, heavy rainfalls or with changes in temp- temperature. And just, you know, when you put on the news and you see what, you know, the, the impact that it's had on our environment, people might feel sad about that. And people might feel sad about what's happening globally with, um, with finance, rising costs of living, all those things, you know. <laughs> No, I don't think anyone's happy about the the price of petrol going up. I don't think anyone's happy about the you know rising costs of um, groceries. So th- these things can really make people feel sad. Um, if 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 a friend um, is in hospital, we might feel sad about that. So there's all these different things that might happen in our day to day lives interactions that can result in feeling sad. Um, for for older people. Um, just like the rest of the population, all these events can also um, affect them emotionally as well. So sadness is a, no, a normal, normal um, response and emotion that we, we might have to the external environment that is happening around us. Whereas depression is a mental health condition. And when we talk about depression, it is not just about what emotions the person might have so it's not just about you know whether they feel sad whether they feel you know guilt anger where they might feel they have mood swings they might feel uh, helpless or hopeless and irritable as well there's so much more to depression than that so um in in my workshop um enhancing emotional well-being in late life which you can check out on wisecare.com.au forward slash workshops we we talk a lot in, in the first module about, you know, what is depression, what is anxiety, and how is it different for older people um, as opposed to younger people. Um, and the, the workshop doesn't end there where we just, you know, learn how to define what is depression. And it's like, okay, well, we might know the person has depression. What's the next step? What are we doing now? And so it's really important to know that there's so much that can be done in terms of our day-to-day interactions they can improve the quality of those experiences and moments for older people. You don't have to be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a GP to help someone who might be experiencing depression. And I think that's really important and empowering for you to know that you can make a huge impact on the older person and their level and quality of engagement and interactions without actually having to have a a degree in in mental health. You know, when I started working in aged care, a lot of people thought, oh, you know, um, you know, only psychologists can help with these things, and you know, you need to talk to a psychologist, you need to go and make an appointment. Th- that's not the case. We know that for depression and just like anxiety, the best outcomes are achieved through yes, seeing a psychologist. Yes, perhaps for older people, taking medication. Not everyone needs to take medication, and not everyone's going to talk to a psychologist. But there's something else that really makes a huge, huge, huge impact on the quality of um, older person's life and their um, ability to overcome depression. And that is called lifestyle factors. And for lifestyle factors to, to work on those and to support the older person through that, you don't need to have a degree in you know, physiotherapy or with psychology or occupational therapy or to be a GP to take older person out into the natural environment, to encourage them to engage with other people, to, you know, perhaps put their favorite song on 
um, to introduce them to their neighbor, to encourage them to spend more time, you know, near the sun. All these things um, you are able to do. You don't need anyone's permission to do that. Obviously, other than the other person, if there's like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. Um, looking for little small steps and small wins that can really improve. I know a lot of older people are taking vitamin um, D tablets, but you know, let's see how they can get more exposed to natural light and how they can observe, you know, being near a window um, or being out in open air can help them so much with their mood it can help their skin absorb more vitamin it can help them regulate their, their sleep cycles and day and wake and night time it can help them um, with some mindfulness activities they can observe the environment um, they can also do some uh, it can also regulate their breathing it can also help them in terms of just being able to have more positive interactions with others when they're in open air as opposed to in air-conditioned room um, not having left. I know, sadly, I know a lot of older people who have been in the same room for, for you know, weeks, months, even years not leaving their room. Um, and, and, and if we can look at ways where we can um, encourage them to, to have that connection with the nature, it can be so profoundly beneficial for them. No tablet's going to fix a person's depression without making any changes to their lifestyle factors. We really need to think about how we can encourage and um, boost those lifestyle factors to improve their outcomes. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Enhancing Emotional Wellbeing in Late Life Workshop. This essential training is for anyone supporting older adults seeking practical strategies to reduce isolation and loneliness and help older adults make new and exciting as well as fulfilling moments. Find out more today from wisecare.com.au. So as I said, depression is a mental health condition. Um, usually a person would have the symptoms for at least two weeks um, constantly without, you know, changes, not like one good day, bad day. They would have those symptoms for two weeks at least. And symptoms more broadly are classified uh, along the emotions, their thoughts, their behavior, and their physical symptoms as well. So I know I spoke just briefly um, before about the emotions, that it's a range of emotions, that sadness is just one of the emotions that the person might experience, um, and that there's the other emotions, you know, in terms of irritability, anger. Anger can also be very common um, in people who experience depression, as well as that feelings of, you know, they feel helpless or hopeless and there's that difference between those two as well whereas you know there's no hope for them in their future and they feel helpless as in that they can't help themselves the thoughts the person might be having is they might be really frequently self-criticizing themselves you know blaming themselves um about you know their thoughts blaming themselves or being too critical of you know being too critical of themselves um be, being feeling that you know they um they're failure that they're disappointment that you know it's their fault that they have diagnosis of parkinson's disease or it's their fault that they had a fall or that you know frequent self criticism is is very very common in in older people they might also have impaired memory and concentration and, you know, this is a huge subtopic in terms of impaired memory and concentration because we can often jump to conclusion that the older person has dementia if they have impaired memory or issues with their concentration. But 
Impaired memory and concentration issues exist in depression as well. And I've certainly seen a number of older people who have improved and who have cured their depression and their memory and their concentration has improved. If you're feeling sad and lonely and you're socially isolated and you're sitting in the same chair day in and out, you might not know if it's a Tuesday or a Sunday. And if you're not having engagement and conversations with other people and if you're not engaged in activities on, on set days, it can be quite difficult to know, you know, what day of the week it is. I mean, you know, think about if you've, you know, had a setback with your own health and if you've been bed bound for a few days, you might not know exactly what day time it is unless you looked at your um, phone or your watch. So for older people who don't have those resources, perhaps they also might have, you know, vision impairment, they're not able to read as much, they don't have a smartphone, um, they can often jump to a conclusion. And if they're feeling very low and and um, emotional that, you know, oh, you know, you just told me it's a Wednesday, I thought it was Tuesday all day today that can further, you know, impact their self-confidence and self-esteem for them to jump to conclusion and think, oh, you know, my memory is not good anymore. And so it's important to know that, yes, um, people who have depression can have memory changes, but also people who have dementia can experience depression as well. And we know that with dementia, that's a huge umbrella with different types, you know, Alzheimer's, vascular dementia, Louis body dementia, to name a few, that, you know, if a person is diagnosed with a neurological condition in, in the sense that, you know, they know what their future is going to be like, that can affect them. And they, they might develop depression as a result of that diagnosis as well. So, you know, food for thought for you is that depression and memory issues due to depression can be reversed if the older person gets the support and treatment for their depression. The other um, way that thoughts are affected with depression, um, so we said self-criticism, we said memory and concentration, also being indecisive, it's quite common, you know, do you want tea, do you want coffee, oh, I don't know, oh, you know, do you, do you want to, you know, come for a walk or do you want to um, do, you know, do some different activity, oh, I don't know. They also can be confused, as I said, about days of the week. And they might have thoughts of death and suicide, which is not uncommon in the aged population, particularly men. So it's often the, the combination of the, the, the behaviours that they have, the emotions that the person has, the thoughts that they have, and those physical changes that might make them feel like, oh gosh, if this is the kind of life I'm going to live, I don't want to keep on going. So we... You know, we need to look at how can we help people before they get to that stage? What can we actually do to help them before that? So what I'm going to do now is just talk to you a little bit about the physical symptoms that we might also ha see. Um, physical symptoms are a lot more common in, in older people than younger people. So, you know, you might not get a, a young person talking to you about their pain or, you know, they might talk about lack of energy, but not necessarily the, the, the physical aspect of um, issues, you know, with chronic fatigue, lack of energy, um, sleeping too much or too little, often with older person, they, you know, if they're not engaged and if they are socially isolated and if they're lonely, um, and if they're sad, they might be napping throughout the day. They might, they might have difficulty initiating activities to do. And in particular, if they have, um, some cognitive changes as well, that initiative might be even further impacted. 
So we need to start thinking about, okay, we actually, you know, yes, we're so, you know, 2022, we're so focused on looking at ways to, um, you know, promote independence, promote, you know, respect and dignity. It's the person's right to, you know, choose and um, not be engaged in activities that they um, need and want. But it's like, well, if they actually have lack of drive and energy, and not wanting to do things, it's like they're not going to make themselves do anything and they're not going to be motivated to do anything. That's where they need our help. This is where your role is really important. The other aspect of physical um, symptoms is obviously um, losing weight or gaining a lot of weight, loss of motivation, substance abuse, and unexplained aches and pains. Behaviorally, the person might be crying a lot, they might be withdrawn from others, they might be neglected their responsibilities or you know it doesn't matter um you know if I um don't go to exercise today or it doesn't matter you know if I don't take my medicine or um even skipping you know meals is is, it's a big thing as well and I know that you know meals and wheels they they bring those pre-packed meals and you know you might have sort of veggies and, and rice and 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 meat as well and I've seen so many people use that one single meal to last them the full day and it's supposed to be a meal not your full day intake so obviously that you know you, you might not have a lot of energy if you haven't eaten enough for the day um, and then it might be even harder to you know get up and motivated to do activities is because you you know you're not sleeping well you're not eating well um, you can also quite often see that changes in personal appearance. The person might, you know, suddenly go from um, really having um, taking a lot of care about their appearance to actually not being bothered to to shower, to to um, shave, or to you know, for for ladies to you know put on makeup or put on their jewelry, and they might be moving more slowly as well. They can also experience agitation, or they might be unable to settle. So you see. There's a huge difference between when we talk about sadness or depression. That sadness can just be one of the emotions the person who's depressed is feeling, whereas we wouldn't jump to that conclusion and say, oh, you know, such and such is depressed because um, they're having a bad day today. So I know statistically that in residential aged care facilities, depression is hugely prevalent. Um, and Often it's not because the person lives in aged care that they're depressed. I've seen a lot of people in aged care who are not depressed, have never developed depression, um, and who are okay. We say, you know, 50%, so one in two have depression, and it's not the environment that is making them depressed as per se. It is more so about the fact um, that their health is declining. And if you have a chronic health condition, your risk of developing depression is much higher. Then for someone who's healthy, um, you know, who's ambulant, who's moving about, who's independent, and so forth. So, you know, we can't jump to conclusion and say, well, you know, as long as someone's got a heart condition and if they've had a fall, they're getting depressed. Depression is not a normal part of aging. It is a mental health condition. And so regardless of the person's age, they can improve and they will improve if they get right help and support. And so what is really important about that, you know, the triangle I spoke about before, you know, what works to treat depression in terms of, um, you know, psychological support, medication reviews with GPs and the lifestyle factors is that with the lifestyle factors, we can all take part in that and helping the older person sooner rather than later. There comes a stage where people don't get any treatment for their depression and their health, physical health declines and they get so 
um, unmotivated to do anything and to, you know, um, maybe, you know, they might decline so much that they don't even want to get out of bed. And that's not because they can't get out of bed. It's because they're not motivated to do anything. And in my experience, especially like early on in my career, I remember meeting quite a one in particular gentleman who had severe depression and he would never, he didn't want to get out of bed. And they said, you know, they said to me, well, can you, you know, can you go and see him and, and treat him? And it was impossible for me to change anything because by that stage he was bed bound for about 18 months. And so of course, when I said, you know, can you, you know, do you want to get out of bed? Do you want to do something? He didn't want to do it. So it's really hard to re-engage someone who's been disengaged for so long. And the process of him being in bed for so long and not taking part in any activities, not doing anything, um, you know, no matter how much his um, antidepressants were increased, if he was still in bed, he was still very severely depressed. Um, I think sometimes he would sit up in bed if his wife and daughter came to visit, but otherwise he was bed bound. So that process is called intentional self-neglect. And what that means is that the person is intentionally neglecting themselves, their appearance, their responsibilities, their engagement, their um, their self care, in you know, in all different ways, and 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 their motivation as well. So we need to look at ways how we can help the older person sooner rather than later, and that's exactly what I do with the workshop enhancing emotional well being in late life. We cover five modules. Module one is just about how do we you know figure out what is going on for the older person. How do we realize, is it, you know, anxiety, is it depression, is it adjustment disorder? Then we move on and we look at how we identify strengths. How do we encourage activities? How do we do these things regardless of what our role is in aged care, home care settings to support the older person? You know, you might be a relative or a family member who's keen to improve well-being of your loved one. You don't, you know, you don't need to be a psychologist to encourage them to engage in more activities, to look at other ways of how they can swap rather than stop doing things, how they can actually be still involved and active even though their health has changed and their level of support needs has increased. But you need to know where to start and what those steps are. So I hope I've given you a few ideas um, today in terms of working through what is difference between sadness or depression. Um, I hope I'm not leaving you sad or depressed <laughs> after today. Um, and as, as you would know, having listened to this episode, we don't jump to conclusions and, and label people um, with depression in particular. Um, but it, it, it's more of a you know, wake-up call for us to realize what is going on around us and what is going on for the older person and what are those little signs that might tell us that perhaps they're not doing too well and giving them hope at the end of the day that things can improve even though their health might be changing, even though their support needs might be changing, they can still cure and overcome their depression. That's all for today. Thanks. That is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care done and dusted. Make sure you don't miss out when I release the next episode by becoming a subscriber on over on your podcast app of choice. And if you can, please leave a review too. 
I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to wisecare.com.au and check out my top downloaded resource, Five Facts About Me, which can drive better engagement with the elderly client regardless of your role in their lives. I'll see you at the next episode.